Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Today, we are launching a brand new series. Uh, we preluded it to a little bit last week, uh, but uh, we're going to launch a brand new series today called In the Hot Seat. Everybody say, In the Hot Seat. And um, we're going to, for the next few weeks, talk about some tough questions in life, tough, tough questions uh, that, the, that the church has been asked or maybe hasn't asked in the past couple years. Uh, but we're going to do it in a very clear and very comfortable way. How many of you guys have ever been in the hot seat before? Somebody's asked you a question and you're like, uh, right? Sometimes it happens with our kids, you know. Olivia comes up and says, Daddy, where do babies come from? The hospital. That's where they come from. Yeah. And anyone tells you otherwise, tell them to come talk to me, right? Sometimes the, the, the hot seat's pretty tough, right? How many husbands here, you've been, uh, your wife comes up and says, does this make me look fat? The answer's always no, okay? Never, no, I don't, it's always no, gentlemen. Um, you know, people come up and ask, so what do you make in a year, you know? Tough questions. These are, these are, these are hard things to deal with. And um, we're going to go and, uh, you know, what about wives? How about this? I'm sorry, I picked on all the men. But, like, what about when your husband asks, uh, what's this charge from Target? <laughs> so, ever, so you're like, what? What? But when it comes to church, uh, you know, we've got tough questions and things that, that we all deal with that we really haven't talked about. And we're going to talk about it. And it's not going to be, um, it, we're going to do it in an easy way for you, a comfortable, clear way for you. We're going to talk about uh, the power of addictions in our lives. It's something that a lot of us, a lot of us deal with, and the church has gone far too long without talking about them and seeing a way that we can help. We're going to do it in a clear, comfortable way. Uh, we're going to talk about mental health. You know, so for so long we've acted like uh, depression and anxiety is not a thing that most of us deal with today, but there's a way that we can get through it. It's not something that we've got to be held back by, um, just in and deal with alone. We're going to talk about sex in church, not at church, but in church, okay, just so we're clear, don't get crazy, don't get comfortable, don't get that comfortable. Um, we're going to talk about these things over the next couple of weeks, and I know whenever I say these things, a lot of times for, especially if you're a first-time visitor, you're thinking, man, that's, uh, that brings up a lot of anxiety in my own life, that brings up some tension. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to do my hardest for the next few weeks. I'm going to put as much time as I can to make this clear and comfortable, and ultimately that we can all walk away better people than what we are today. You guys down for that? Perfect. So we're going to jump in to today, but first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll make it happen. You guys ready? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, ultimately, I pray that you would just use me um, as a messenger today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would put the exact words on my tongue when they're supposed to come out. God, I pray that you would allow me to preach above my capabilities or my talent would allow. I pray that ultimately that as your Holy Spirit looks into all of our hearts and sees what's going on, sees the, the parts that no one else sees, I pray that you would minister to us and that you would help, help us with the things that we're dealing with, with the struggles that we have. When it comes to being in the, the hot seat issues in our own lives, Father, I pray that you would have your way. And if you're good with that, everybody said amen. 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 
Uh, how many of you guys here uh, have some type of smart device? You can raise your hand. We're going to do interactive today a little bit. A couple people do, uh, right? Some people don't. Some people, raise your hand if you've got a flip phone. Two people, good job, buddy. Two people, yes, you're killing it, Tim. I'm telling you what. Flip phone, there's some freedom in a flip phone. I'm going to tell you, I can't even go wrong with it. Uh, how many of you guys would say that you're like, uh, when it comes to your smart device, like you barely barely use it, right? It's just whatever your, your kids told you that you're supposed to buy, and that's what you do. It's still called, okay, some people. How many of you guys would say, like, I'm, a, I'm probably a moderate user? Okay, some people. How many would say a heavy user? And how many, how many people would say, I might have a problem? Go ahead. It's all right. Um, thank you for your, for your honesty about that. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad, because I'm going to tell you, you've got a lot of those people here in the room today. Um, you know, this past week, as, as I was looking through stuff, you know, I, and as I was doing some studying, I thought of myself as, as someone that probably is you know, like a moderate user. You know, I, I'm not on it too much, you know. Um, this cell phone, the smart device that we use each and every day, it can be a great tool, right? I mean, because you think about it, you like check emails on it, right? Uh, you got to do things like, you know, you connect uh, with customers and clients, right? It's a part of, uh, some of you guys, uh, you spend a lot of time, you know, crushing virtual candy with it, which that's important, right? We use this as a tool in, in our everyday life, and it is been, it has been incredibly, incredibly um, great at connecting us with the world and allowing us to reference things that, that we did not, we did not know. As I was doing this research, and as I was thinking to myself as a moderate to light user, uh, I came and found out that the average person in America today spends three hours and 15 minutes on their cell phone a day. Anybody surprised by that? Nobody. Okay, well, that's a good one. Um, I was a little bit higher than that. I came out at three minutes, 30 seconds, or thir three minutes... Did I say three minutes? <laughs> Sorry. Three hours and 15 minutes is the average per day. I came in at three hours and 30 minutes in a day. And immediately I was like, oh, my goodness, I might have a problem. If you ever have a desire to figure out how much it is that you spend each and every day, if you got an iPhone, it's actually real easy. We're going to play a game right now. If you can pull it up, everyone look at your own phone. Don't look at your neighbor's phone. But if you go into settings... On the very first page, I know some kids are already looking at their parents' device trying to figure out how much they spend on it. On the very first page of settings, it says uh, screen time. And if you click on it, it has a very clear breakdown of how much time in a day you spend on the screen. It'll show you each and every day for the past week. It'll show you the average. Some of you right now are shocked, right? Others of you are like, hey, I'm below average. This is great, right? Um, some of you guys are killing it, and you're helping that other part of the average for sure. But, um, you know, the thing is, is as we, as we look at this tool and we think about, you know, three and for me, I'm going to use myself as an example because I don't want to pick on anybody else. I'm going to use myself as an example. If I say three and a half hours a day is how much I spend on my phone, at first, it doesn't seem like a whole lot, but then if you were to go and bust that out over the course of a week, seven days, three, that's over 24 hours in a week. So that means me, myself, I'm not going to call anybody else, me, myself, I spend out of seven days, I spend an entire day on my phone. 
And I would love to say it's just because of the business that I do. But mine was a whole lot higher on Facebook than it was on emails, if I can just be honest. And so as I look at this, I, I, I think about it. Okay, so, so one full day, that's, I mean, you got to, like, at some point you got to look at the screen time, like, even in the course of, like, how much do you sleep in a week? Like, 24 hours of the time that I spend is actually on is on the phone. It's pretty, it's pretty powerful to me. I know it can be a great tool to be used, but I think that, I think that sometimes, sometimes it, it might not be a tool to build up my life as much as it might be a tool for someone else to tear down my life, if I can just be honest. Now today, like I said, today is about, I'm, I want you to be comfortable with this. And so I'm talking about me. Uh, and if you relate, man, I would, I would hope maybe there's some comfort in the fact that knowing that we're in the same we're in the same boat, but I'm not trying to pick on you at all. But me as a follower of Christ, I think, man, that thing in my pocket, it can be a powerful tool. But I've got to be careful because it can also be, it can also be an incredible tool of destruction used by the enemy. Oh, I know this because as I was studying this past week, I found out that uh, there was a study done by hospital and ER workers. And it was about kids that had hurt themselves or attempted uh, severe harm on themselves. And they said that the majority of kids that came into the ER that had inflicted wounds on themselves for self-harm, the reasons were, the first major one was that their parents had taken away their device. The second one was because of cyberbullying. And when I heard that, I thought, man, what type of example are we leaving and teaching our children? I'm going to tell you, I've got two kids. Uh, Olivia's five and Ben is two, almost three. And uh, I'm, after, after the study that I've done this past week, I'm definitely in tune to the fact of being careful of what we allow to put in front of their eyes. But also... I want to make sure that I'm living up to the example that I should be for them and who are they going to grow into. When we look into the word of how, uh, what, what Jesus says of, of how we should live our life, of, of the things that should stack up in order of importance, he says in Matthew uh, chapter 22, verse 37 to 39, he says this, he says, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, and all of your mind. This is something you've heard me preach about quite a bit. Love God with all. I believe it's important. But the second thing he says, this is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally as important. So he doesn't say here, this is one, this is two. He said these are together. He says a second is equal of, of equal importance. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I think as Christians, we've gotten to the, the, the pattern of like, okay, we're supposed to love God and we're supposed to love our neighbors. We're supposed to love God and love the people around us. But part of me has got to also think that, that Jesus knew what he was saying when he said the yourself part. Because it's not just, though, that we're supposed to treat our neighbors like we would want to be treated. I believe that's true as well. But I think there's also an aspect that we're supposed to, 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 to love in a godly way our own selves. Because if you think about it, if God has created us with a purpose and created us on purpose, then he has a plan for us. And if we don't love ourselves, then that means we don't love the plan that God has for us. Now, somewhere along the way, we might have gotten off track or something like that. But I, think, I believe when it comes to, to, to the importance of what Jesus says in this point, he says, love God with everything. It's important. 
Love your neighbor. That's important. It's also important to love yourself. But to do that, you've got to be okay with the purpose that God has put in your life and the plan that he has for your life. And sometimes, many times myself, I would say I get wrapped up in looking through the mirror and the lens of other people's purpose and other people's lives, right? How many of you guys have gone and uh, you look on Instagram or Facebook and you're like, well, man, uh, you know, old John, he got himself a new truck. That must be nice, right? Right? You guys, no one's ever done that? Okay, good. I'm the only one. Some of you all think you're seeing old Cynthia, and she's, you know, in the Bahamas, or we, I guess the Bahamas is not really a good vacation spot right now, but <laughs> wherever. Chile, is Chile a nice place to go? So she's in Chile, and she's on a beach or something, and she's, you know, rocking that bikini, and, and some of you girls are like, man, must be, must be nice, right? Some of us, we see, like, pictures of, like, the perfect family, and they're getting ready for Thanksgiving and Halloween already, and they went and got pictures of everybody, like, man, can I just have those kids instead of mine? <laughs> right? Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. But we've all caught ourselves, gotten caught up in the, the er game, right? Like, we wish, we wish, you know, when it comes to our truck, we wish it was bigger or our minivan was, was better, right? Uh, we, we wish our closet or our house was bigger uh, or nicer, right? Anybody here? Some of you guys wish you had some nicer. I'm not pointing at you. Just point at people. People. We wish we had nicer shoes, or we wish we were a little bit thinner, right? Anybody? No, just me. That's why I'm wearing black. Okay. <laughs> we all wish we had a bigger bank account, or we had nicer, nicer stuff, but a lot of the times the reason that is is because we have looked at ourselves through the mirror of what we see on Facebook and Instagram, and on social media, and ultimately, man, we're judging our life by other people's highlight reels, and I don't think that's a safe way to go. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, Paul talks about love, you know, right? Jesus said we're supposed to love God, we're supposed to love our neighbors, and we're supposed to love ourselves, but then later on, Paul goes and he starts to describe what love should be, and he says two things is what love should be. Love is patient, and love is kind. But then after that, he goes into the things that love surely is not. And the next thing he says, he says this, he says, love is not jealous. Look at your neighbor and say, love is not jealous. Paul says, love is not jealous. The first thing that it is not is jealous. It's important for us to not be jealous. It's been important since the beginning, beginning of time. Jesus, or God, when he sent the, uh, the, the, the Hebrews across uh, with in, in the exodus of Egypt, he sent Moses up on the mount to, t- to get the Ten Commandments. And the last commandment in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, says this. It says, you must not covet. That covet word means to be jealous or to be envious of your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's male or female servant. It's his ox or his donkey or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. That's not relevant to today, so it goes something like this. You must not, covet, you must not be jealous of your neighbor's Mustang. You must not be jealous of your neighbor's big old boat. You must not be jealous of your neighbor never being there because he's on vacation all the time. 
I wish that just for a day, you know, we, we look at everybody's filters of Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, what's going on in their life, and it's their highlight reel, and it's great. Um, I wish just if we had like a treaty that we could all sign for a week that said, you know what, we're not going to do the highlight reel. We're going to do everything. We're going to let you see it all. We're going to let you see what our house looks like before our, our entire, our entire uh, family comes together and goes on a mission because we got neighbors coming over, right? Anybody ever done that before, right? We're going to let you see inside of our van to see the crusted nuggets that are stuck up against the door, right? We got a big old truck, but man, wait till you see that big old payment that comes with it, right? No one posts you know, the pictures with a nice filter of their payment for their truck. We have to be cautious. I believe that this phone in our pocket, this smart device, the connection that we have with other people uh, can be a great tool. But if we look at it through the filter or we look at it as it's a mirror into our own lives, it's easy for it to breed jealousy in us. And jealousy will ultimately start to destroy us. King Solomon, one of the wisest men in all of the history of the earth, said in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30, says this, it says, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. How many of you guys want a healthy body? I'm down for that. But he goes on, he says, jealousy is like cancer in the bones. He's pretty specific when he says this. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. Cancer doesn't help anyone, ever. Later on in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 4 through 6, King Solomon says this. He says, Then I observed that most people are motivated through success because they envy their neighbors. He says, But this too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. You ever seen that? Like you, you, you look at what someone else has and you're like, Man, if I could just only have that. And then you, and then you get it. You might, you might take a step towards it. And then the bar continues to move. Man, if I, could just, if I could just have this, if I could just have this big of a house, or if I could just have these things, if I could just save this much money, man, I would feel great. I would feel at peace, and life would, be, life would be great. But as soon as you do it, the bar moves. King Solomon says it's like chasing the wind. You'll never catch it. He said, fools fold up their idle hands, leading them to ruin. He's saying, you know what, it's, it's working hard for the sake of envying your neighbors. It's like chasing the wind, it's useless. He says, but sitting back and doing nothing, that's foolish. He goes on and he says, he says, and yet it's better to have one hand with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. Anybody here want some quietness in their life? Some peace? All you parents with small kids, you're like, yeah, I'll take some quietness. Can I get two of those, please? Thank you. I understand that when it comes to life, one of the things that we all should be chasing is peace when it comes to the purpose that God has given us. But I believe this. I believe that if we are chasing after what other people have, if we're chasing after the things of the world, if we're chasing after the wind, we're not living out our purpose. We're trying to live out somebody else's purpose. And Jesus says, hey, I got a plan for you. I got a purpose for you. And if you want to have peace, and if you want to have quietness in your life, continue to chase me. Look at yourself through me. Love yourself through the reflection of me. Let me be the mirror. See yourself in Christ. 
Jesus says that you are beautifully and wonderfully made. He's got a plan for you that only you can make happen. If you're so busy being like somebody else, who's going to be you when it comes to Jesus' plan in this world? This past week, I, um, I was listening to a story uh, by a man, and he was talking about uh, his family. He had a, uh, a couple kids. Uh, his oldest was a 10-year-old girl. And I immediately connected with him because I've got Olivia. She's about half that age, but she talks great, and she's becoming, you know, just a really good, we're really good buddies, and I love her, and she is, uh, she's me, but a whole lot prettier. Gets into a lot of trouble. Um, but as I was listening to him, he was saying, you know, he, he was coming home from work, and he said in his case, his daughter was really great at school. She would work hard. Teach, she, they would have a parent-teacher conference, uh, and the teachers would come up and say, man, this, your daughter is the best. I wish I had 15 of her. They said she does her work on time. She helps me with her kids. And I remember uh, this guy, he was looking at his wife. He said, are you sure you you're talking about my daughter? You got another Olivia? We'll say her name's Olivia in this case. You have another Olivia? He said, because at home, when she gets home, man, it's like complete opposite. She's defiant, and she yells, and she doesn't do what, she, what we ask her to do. And she's, she's tough with the other kids. And no matter what, it just seems like we can't all get on the same page. He said, one day specifically, she came home, and as she walked through the door, she yelled at her mom, she said something to her dad. She threw something, slammed the door to her room, and he said, you know what? I've had enough. He said, I walked into her room. I looked at her, and he said, what is your problem? And with tears in her eyes, she looked back at him and said, why do you love your phone more than you love me? And as I, as I heard him tell this story, my heart incredibly broke because a, not a couple days earlier, I had remembered in that instant that Olivia had come up to me and I had said, Daddy, Daddy, and pulled on my arm. And I was looking at my phone. And Erica from across the room had to say, Brian, your daughter is talking to you. I wasn't answering an email. I wasn't connecting with people trying to find out about Coastline. I was looking on Facebook. And my heart broke because I don't want my daughter to ever feel like I love a piece of technology more than I love her. And I can't help but think that my action, although my heart says one thing, my actions have said something different. And I don't want to be that be the case. And so as he was telling his story, I went and I crawled in bed with Olivia. She was asleep and I held her tight and I started to thank God for that he'd given her to me. And I started thinking about all the other things that he's blessed me with. And I started thanking him for the house that we were in and for the great wife that he's given me. And I realized I hadn't just done this to my daughter. I had also done this to God. I had done this to other people in my life. 
and as as your pastor, I want to I want to publicly say I'm sorry. I'm I am not perfect. I'm sorry that that's something that I've let creep in and happen to me. If it's happened to you, I want to challenge you to make a change, to do something different. I started to pray. I said, God, don't let my daughter ever feel like I love a phone more than I love her. I said, God, I hope that you don't ever think that I love a phone more than I love you. Love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. But as I look at the three and a half hours a day that I spent on a phone, I realize I had not spent three and a half hours with God. Your actions will speak louder than your words. I only say, I, I, I try to be transparent with you today because of this. I truly believe that if you will see yourself the way that Jesus sees you, beautifully and wonderfully made, that he has a plan and a purpose for you, that he wants to do something great in you, if you will allow him to do it, your life will be incredibly better than what you can even imagine. Coastline is is today not because I had a great plan, not because Eric and I had a business strategy and we were going to make it happen. It's because at some point we said, God, not, not what we think it should be, not what other people say it should be. God, what you want it to be, let it be that. And I believe that today, God's, God wants you to say the same thing about your life. If you'll stand today and say, you know what? God, I don't care what they have. I don't care what I see in their life. I don't care, I don't care what's on Facebook. I care what you see and what you want. And I want you to have your way. If you'll do that, I promise your life will change forever. And you will live in peace. It's a wonderful thing. And so today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you've had an issue where you'd say, you know what, I've not loved God like I should. If you're here today and say, you know what, I've not loved my neighbors or my wife or my husband or my kids, those that are close to me, I've not loved them like I should. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I've not loved myself as I should. But today, I want that to change. I want to tell you, you can't do it on your own. I, I, I can't do it on my own. Jesus is the only way. He is the truth. He is the light. So if you're here today and you say, I've not loved these things the way that I should, but today I want to make a change. I want to ask you to do something boldly. If you say you want to make a change and you want to love God with all, you want to love your neighbor, those around you, those that live next to you, and you choose today to love yourself and see yourself the way that Jesus sees you, and you want today to mark that change, I want to challenge you to stand up right where you are. It's bold. It's tough. It's the person to your left or your right. They might not stand up. But I promise you, if you do, if you say, Jesus, I stand here, and I'm saying I make a change. I choose you. I choose those that you put around me. And I choose to see myself through you. Heavenly Father, you see these people that are standing up. 
God, I pray that you would continue to have your way in their lives, that you would make a change happen, that you would work in them and they would experience peace like they might not have experienced it before. I pray that they would not have to feel like they're chasing the wind anymore, but God, as they see themselves through the mirror that is you, as they see themselves as you see us, God, your sons and your daughters whom you love so much that you sent your son, God, I pray that as we, as we see ourselves through you, God, that you would charge us and challenge us to move forward, to have your way. I thank you for it. If everybody will, all across this room, let's stand up together. I want to pray for you, and we're going to spend just a few minutes in worship. Jesus, I pray for all the people that are here today. God, you know exactly what we are all going through. You know the struggles in our life and the tension that we hold and the pain that we're having. You know the addictions and the depression and the anxiety and the division. God, right now I pray that as today we step off into this weekend, as we start in worshiping you, I pray that you would have your way in these areas. I pray for the people that are here today that maybe are on the fence, that are, they say maybe I don't know about this whole God thing. God, I pray that today you would show up in their lives. I pray that this week, as, as they uh, are thinking right now what that thing is that's been holding them back, been thinking right now the thing that's been causing pain and tension in their life, God, I pray that you would show up and that you would revive them and that you would bring peace in a tough situation and that they would see you through it. And I thank you for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.